Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. Jeff, good to see you. Great to see you as well. You've got so many exciting things going on. Yeah. Next yeah. week, you have your health and wellness run. Yep. I, I think Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, the Desert Healthcare District and Foundation are the presenting sponsor this year. And we have Will Dean, who is the Marketing and Communications Director for the district. And you're here uh, to give a follow-up. We, you know, had uh, our former CEO that was here about five months ago. That's right. And you guys have so much going on all the time. So fill us in. Well, first of all, thank you for coming back. It's good to see you again. And uh, excited to hear what you have going on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I've been with the Healthcare District since October 2007. Moved from the Midwest. I had a fellowship at the University of Missouri School of Journalism. Oh, great program. Very prestigious, very challenging. I My primary responsibility as a mere career journalist there was to teach journalism. And they had this great problem where the students actually created a newspaper, not for the university, but for the community. And we were their editors. So it was a, very, it was a great learning experience for me. So I came here to the Desert Sun, and then after 10 years left and joined the healthcare district. Yeah, but you were a big shot at the Desert Sun. You helped, you, <laughs> well, but you helped create a new magazine for them. I did. Yeah. What uh, magazine? It was called Desert Outlook. It was the USA Today Network's first LGBTQ feature magazine. Um, and I, I'm very proud of it. It was, uh, it was a lot of hard work. Uh, it was a monthly publication. We did 10 issues per year. Um, the community reception was, I think, pretty good. Um, advertising was a challenge, which is why we ultimately went away yeah. in 2018. But we used to have so much fun because he would do launch parties every month <laughs> yes. and bring all the advertisers and all these That's community a great concept. people. Yeah. yeah. Those were a lot of fun. Uh, so I had applied to uh, Missouri, the journalism school. Oh, wow. When I was uh, a wee lad. <laughs> I chose someplace else, but uh, it's a good program. So congratulations on and being there and completing your work there. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I think, a, it's a nice campus too. I think it may be the oldest or one of the oldest journalism schools in the country. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice campus too. I think I just got in by my typing skills. <laughs> in my, in, in, when I applied, you had to take a typing test. Oh, okay. You had to have, you had to have a minimum like. 35 words a minute or something. I think I was 36 words Did it a have minute. to be accurate? <laughs> yeah, it had to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. So I was going for photography, not for print journalism. But, oh, wow. Um, but it was a, it was a good experience, and, although I, I chose Southern Illinois instead. But was, typing is a very important skill, and I don't know if they teach it in schools like they used to, but we were required to take a whole year of typing, you know, because it – being able to communicate in that way, even with today's computers, you have to know how to type fast. Keyboard, they yeah. call it now, I think. I yeah. hope they teach it. They don't teach cursive, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get on to the podcast then. Yes. So, Will, tell us about Desert Health District and what you're working on, and then you can talk a little bit about your partnership with uh, Jeff Hawker and his um, health fitness run. Absolutely. 
So one of the things, initiatives that I'm really excited about, the district is now focused on environmental health. And I say now, although it's been part of our strategic plan since 2021, our board and staff recently reevaluated the plan and decided to make environmental health a top priority. Can you just do a quick little walkthrough? What do you mean by environmental health? I mean, air quality, water quality, land quality, all of the issues of our environment that affect our health. Isn't that a bit of a challenge in the desert? It's so dusty and sandy all the time. It is a bit of a challenge. And I think there are a lot of issues that people don't even know about. Um, They come here and they see how beautiful it is. But we have some air quality issues that affect uh, um, asthma and different health Mm -hmm. conditions. And not to mention the water issues that we've been having primarily in the Eastern Valley. But as I said, the entire valley is affected by the environment. And what we've seen with the rapid growth of the Coachella Valley, too, we're starting to have problems with CO2 as well. Absolutely. That's a big issue that's been brought up. We have a planning committee that we've been meeting since August of last year, planning an environmental health summit um, for later this year, I think in the fall. And uh, one of the members of the committee mentioned how development contributes to environmental health issues as well. I, I am a little surprised coming from the Midwest uh, to the desert and just knowing just how dusty it is. So I can imagine how dirty my car gets every day. <laughs> a lot of that stuff is inside my lungs now too. Right. So um, a little bit of a challenge. So, so what are the recommendations to, to remedy the situation? Well, that's what we're going to determine with this health summit. We're starting out early. I, this spring, we're going to have um, three data walks is where our community partners come together and just really, it's very old school in terms of there will be, um, there'll be boards on the wall with different topics related to environmental health and our different partners will, uh, write on those boards, you know, issues that they, they can address that affect their constituents and their clients. And from that, we're able to glean how we should shape the environmental health summit, uh, in September. So we're going to learn, we're going to learn more about those very specific issues that are affecting our residents. What are you what are you anticipating? What are you expecting to find? I think, you know, the things that people automatically think about will come up. There will be issues around the salt and sea. We know for oh, years. Was that that smelly thing that comes to mind? <laughs> yeah. We we call that a haboob because it actually comes in with a cloud. Right. It's amazing to think that it was once a, a playground for visitors and tourists and residents here. Isn't it now going to be a lithium well yes. or something? Yeah, we hope we may have someone or some experts talking about lithium extraction there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really huge topic and just how that's going to affect the environment as well. So that's just one of the things um, I mentioned earlier, water quality. Um, there are communities uh, in the Eastern Valley that have been affected by um, arsenic in the water. Um, so there are different issues that really affect our community that we have to deal with. You, you never expect arsenic in the water. <laughs> no. Although if you're going to poison somebody, right, isn't that what they do? Arsenic and old lace that play from the <laughs> exactly. 50s. Well, um, it's really important that they, the district does these types of community forums because they're funded by the, the tax on, on your home. Oh. So talk a little bit about the expansion that you did and then how you rolled that out and then how the programs that you're that came out of that because you have that new district so right. before you before you do that why don't you walk 
a little bit more back a little bit of what Jeff just said about the taxpayers paying for this and how do, how do you get the money? Who determines how it gets used? I mean, what's the oversight for that? So the district, um, we're primarily funded through a property tax. It's less than 1%. Um, I don't recall the exact percentage that we receive from Western Coachella Valley homeowners, property taxes. Um, not Eastern Valley yet, although that was part of the effort in expansion was try to get um, Eastern Valley homeowners property taxes as well. Um, and so we are, as Jeff mentioned, we've expanded to cover the entire valley, but on basically the same amount of funds that we were receiving prior to the expansion in 2018. Um, well, so also, what's, what's the budget then? If it's 1% of Western homeowners... It, it varies uh, between four to six million a year is what we get. Um, we have some primary, some other sources of income. We lease the hospital that we own. We actually own the Desert Regional Medical Center in Palm Springs, which is leased a tenant. And so um, there's revenue from that. We also have other properties that we lease and we get revenue from that. But primarily it's the taxes, the property taxes. Uh, we expanded, as I mentioned, in, in November 2018 to cover the entire valley. Prior to that, we our border was all of the Western Valley up to Cook Street and Palm Desert. And uh, we were able to fund some organizations in the Eastern Valley if they also served the Western Valley. That was the only way that we could do that, such as the Coachella Valley Volunteers um, in Medicine Clinic. So is Cook then your border? Not anymore. It was uh, before expansion. Now it's the entire valley from Desert Hot Springs to Salton City. Um, that's quite an area. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite an area. It's more than four hundred thousand people. Yeah. So yeah. So um, one of the things we talked about previously was you have this expanded area. Population growth is expanding quickly. How you know? What are the programs that you're doing to help solve some of the issues? Um. Well, we do a lot in terms of our grant making um, program where we work with our nonprofit partners who bring to us what they're what they've identified as concerns and issues related to health and wellness in the valley. So a lot of our approach to healthcare is through our nonprofit partners. We're very collaborative in that sense. But we also we do more than that too. We help we help identify what the what the issues are, um, such as the Environmental Health Summit, an issue that I mentioned. We actually commission three different reports, so it's not just limited to what a nonprofit partner says are issues, which are no doubt issues that they deal with, but the bigger picture, you need some outside studies and resources, and that's been very important to how we determine programming and how we distribute funding. Let me ask you a technical question. So you're doing all these studies. How do you measure the success or or lack of success of the studies? That is a really great question, and it's been a challenge for us, I will admit that. Um, we just recently um, adopted some results-based accountability, um, which is a problem where we have require our partners to actually report that to us, the outcomes that they've seen. Well, outcome-based work is what many nonprofits do. Um, I know it's also one of the biggest challenges for nonprofits to fall or to follow up through that process because the accountability in the nonprofit world is different than 
accountability in the business world. It's right. And there's so many different factors that contribute to that. It's sometimes it's hard for a nonprofit to measure how many people received a certain service because there are maybe um, members of a family that are not reported who received that right. service and that sort of thing. So it is a challenge, but we're working on well, it. Well, good luck with it. Thank you. <laughs> well, one of the things that is uh, fantastic with what you do is talk a little bit about your mobile unit. Right. Because you see direct access in giving people health care and giving people resources that in talking about data, I mean, that's fantastic. Right. Um, part of that actually started uh, from our COVID-19 response uh, when, you know, people couldn't really go out much. We identified uh, transportation and language and other barriers and that we needed to address. And we did that through the mobile unit. About a year ago, we launched our first mobile unit uh, with our partnership uh, at DPMG Health. They are the ones who actually manage and operate the mobile unit. Um, we I think we it. learned a little bit about that when we had the uh, former CEO here. Right. Yeah. yeah, they've been able to go out to schools and homeless encampments to take the services directly to where people are. Uh, and it's been really successful. There are months when they've seen 3,000 or more people. Uh, and those are people that you're not going to see at a clinic or they're no. not going to come into the hospital. Um, and so we recently decided last year to purchase another mobile unit. Um, so that one is almost ready to go. And it's going to be different in the sense that in addition to providing um, primary care services, the focus is going to be on behavioral health. And also it includes a pharmacy where we're actually able to deliver some medications to people who don't have access to them. That's a, a great resource. I remember when I volunteered uh, during Hurricane Katrina, one of the most used um, facilities in the evacuation center was the mobile pharmacy. So having a mobile pharmacy will come in handy if there's a natural disaster that needs to be addressed. So good, good job on that. Absolutely. For the next, next pandemic, I think we'll be ready. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> well, hopefully your environmental study will determine that there won't be another pandemic yes. um, and resources to, to address it. I know that uh, you're in partnership or sponsorship with, with Jeff on the upcoming Health and Fitness Festival. You want to talk a little bit about why you got involved with that? It's very exciting. This is the first time that we've been, um, I'll say, a major sponsor of a community event like this. But um, I remember going to the board and talking about different types of events that we wanted to support and Health and Wellness Festival was right up there for our directors, and it makes sense for a healthcare district. Right. And Jeff has probably the most successful, one of the most successful community health and wellness festivals in the Valley. So it's a perfect, I think, marriage between event and sponsor, and we're very excited. I have coworkers who have already indicated to me that they want to walk, run in the different races and be a part of the event, though. So. Yeah, this, this actually came out of uh, the city of Palm Springs originally, was called Healthy Planet, Healthy You. And they hired me from the very beginning to be the executive producer for the event. And what we did, what we thought was, if somebody takes care of their personal health, they'd probably be more uh, apt to take care of the planet as well. So what we'd do is we'd integrate both, you know, recycling and 
uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles and all that stuff in with the health festival and the run. And so over the years, uh, all of the hospitals have gotten very involved. Eisenhower, Desert Care Network, Desert Oasis Healthcare. And the, the perfect marriage was when I came to Desert Healthcare District and said, well, what do you think about being a part of this, integrating your content and your mobile unit? And they said yes. That's a great connection. You're making me think of something a little on the humorous side. Because yeah. you, also, you also sponsor... The um, food and wine uh, festival, the Palm Springs food and wine. So shouldn't you have this like the day after the food and wine? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, and I have to tell you, um, the time of year is perfect because people are thinking about ways to have a healthier life. And I had somebody the other day, you know, everybody always tries to take things away in their new year and their resolution. Why not add? Do a yoga class, do a stretching class, you know, get your vaccines when you need it. This is a one-stop location for flu shots, COVID, monkeypox, uh, a myriad of different tests that you can get, uh, BMI, uh, respiratory screening, Eisenhower will do. You know, there's all kinds of things that you come to, but it's also really fun. You know, That's we've got great. all these health experts who will get, and actually Will, Will and I have been friends for a long time. A lot of his friends are involved with the event and it's just, it's been a great synergy and great working with Will and there the will whole be, team. There will be food there. Wine? Yeah. Will there be wine? I'm not sure. <laughs> no wine. <laughs> Behind the counters, right? Yeah. Well, uh, that's funny you say that because a lot of the runs actually have like a beer garden afterwards. So, you know, they don't have liquor. They just have beer. Beer isn't liquor. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to thank you for coming today. And I'm looking forward to future conversations with you because you always bring something insightful for us. I want to really, the next time you come, I want to hear more about your environmental study that you're doing and to learn more about your outcomes and, and what do you, th what, you know, what, what your findings will be, because it's critical for this community. We, we do know that in the next 15 years, the population here is going to double. Absolutely. And how are we going to address all the needs that we have in terms of water and, and air and, you know, just how we treat the environment? You know, if you add another 400,000 people here, that's, that's a huge demand on, on the environment. Absolutely. Well, they have to constantly look at different programs because if you talk about air and water, those are huge resources that there's also competing water agencies here in the valley. So there's all these layers of, you know, both administration, but also how do you take care of the community and work within those bounds of these organizations? Which is why the data walks that we're doing this spring are really important. They're going to help us to narrow that focus on what we should be addressing at the summit and beyond. It, so your data walks, are, are they fact-based or are they, you know, idea-based? Um, they're both. I definitely idea-based, but I say they're fact-based in the fact that our the participants are partners who work with these issues. So they def definitely have data that's valuable and um, factual that, that we want to get. Is that open to the public or just to your partners? It's to partners that we've identified um, for now, yes. But the, the summit itself is going to have a component where residents can come and participate and learn about the envir environment and what they can do to improve their own health. 
So they have forums all the time that are open to the public. And a lot of them are also uh, recorded so that you can play back if people need to have access to it. Um, give us information on how to get a hold of you or the organization if they want more information. Or, or the website to find out. Yeah, all absolutely. Things. All of our meetings are, are public, our board meetings and committee meetings. Um, you can learn about the healthcare district on our website, which is dhcd.org. Um, all of our contact information is on there. Uh, just look under the staff and you'll see me and my email address and I'd be happy to hear from you. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us today. And if you want more information and you want to register to run or just be a part of the free festival, you can go to palmspringshealthrun.com. And Jeff, good luck with that next week. Thank you.